Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, Wahlen allein machen noch kein Demokratie. I'm Nick Houghton, a 40% German, and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Maddox. And this week, we're joined by guest co-host. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks for joining us, Richard. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well today. A little a little tired. Children have um, un- unruigged in the night, but okay. I know how that feels, dude. I know how that feels. <laughs> Richard is a fellow Brit who lives in lovely Bayern, Ingolstadt to be more accurate. Between the three of us, in Augsburg, Nuremberg and Ingolstadt, we have now formed the Bavarian Triangle. And how are you, Simon? I don't have any children, so I slept like a baby, although my cat did wake me up. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> I, that's pretty much the same, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> But yeah, things are good, things are good. I'm, I'm happy to report that the first Sunday roast of the year took place last weekend. Congratulations. It Look was good, it was good. I'm still trying to find lamb at a reasonable price because I've got some mint sauce that needs using. But so far, no joy. Although a roast potato done with love and affection will, will quickly solve all those kind of meat-related problems. I was also able to pair it with some Bisto gravy. Nice. Because that's yep. one of the things I ordered from the expat website. I might even do another one today spontaneously. I've got some chicken, I've got some tatties, so let's see what Sunday brings today. Spontaneous Sunday roast? Now that sounds like the business. Yeah, Yorkshire puddings I've never done here. I do need to do that at some point. I'm, I'm worried I'll do them poorly and then I'll just be filled with regret and the feeling that I've let my country down. <laughs> it's, it's it's an experience game. It's an experience game. You've, you know, puddings under the belt, as it say. You've got to <laughs> and prepare to clean the oven, I would say. Yeah, that's my other downside. I'm not particularly fastidious with cleaning my oven. I kind of think that smells kind of just add to flavours. They can do it, unless a cake is being baked. So I guess one of the questions at this point is, obviously, we, I imagine we're all fans of uh, an English roast. Is the German roast, is there a good German alternative for people who are like, oh, I want a roast, but I can't do one myself? Schweinebraten is, is the closest thing, really. And depending on where mm-hmm. and the accoutrements that come with, it, 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 it can be okay. It can. A good Schweinebraten mit Knödel und Soße mm-hmm. und um, Kraut. It leaves me feeling sated much as a roast, English roast would. So it's not like for like, though. No, it's not the, the Knödel. I've, I've, I yeah. don't mind a, a dumpling. I guess we have to translate Knödel as. It doesn't have the same versatility no. as, a, as a crispy tatty. There's no texture. It's just mm. a gacky texture, really, yeah. sometimes. Dumplings are really unsatisfying translation for close, isn't it? I always feel it just doesn't really do it justice. Mm. Like, because dumplings are quite different, aren't you? Like, if you have mince and dumplings, the dumplings are like crispy on the top usually because you put them in like as a as a lid to the mince. So close is like a sloppy ball of shit. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> what's a close I mean, then? Is it? Close. Close is just knödel. Knödel. There's kartoffel knödel. Yeah. And bread knödel. Mm-hmm. I think. I guess they're both all close though, aren't they? I in don't know. in, I've in not, Franken. I've not heard that. Oh, you're Franken, aren't you? Of course. Isn't it wild that we're yeah. like an hour away from each other, and there is a <laughs> different mm-hmm. word for the dumpling that's on every meal here? It's about right. It's about right. <laughs> but I was thinking about that question of of the German replacement for the Sunday roast. I was thinking what what constitutes a traditional British Sunday roast? Because you've got options, haven't you? Lamb, chicken or beef? Pork, definitely. Uh, texture, I would say texture. The Sunday roast must contain a number of different textures, mm-hmm. which uh, are brought to the party with potatoes, pudding, 
the meat, the crackling, mm. if possible, and gravy, loads of gravy. Well, they all, they all sort of come with different benefits, don't they? Like, if you do pork, you get crackling. If you do beef, you get Yorkshire puddings. You wouldn't have chicken and Yorkshire puddings, would you? You'd have beef and Yorkshire puddings. You can, for sure. Beef and Yorkshire pudding is the way it should be, and then chicken has something else. Oh, I hate, I hate chicken. I think chicken's the worst of the meats, so... The worst of the meats. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah interested it just doesn't taste of anything it's like it's like a how is that possible when you ask anyone to eat something unusual they all say it tastes like chicken yeah because chicken doesn't taste like anything that's why it tastes like chicken (laughs) do you know what beef tastes like you know what pork tastes like you know what lamb tastes like it's a canvas from which to spread your uh, spices on that i think i always say that or salt in my case Oh dear me! But then the German, the German equivalent of the Sunday roast is—I mean, you've got different kinds of braten, I guess. But you've also got some superb differences. Like more than once, I've been served a apple strudel as the main dish in a Sunday dinner. At first, it's a bit off-putting. It's a bit surprising. But when when you when you start eating it and you're like, oh, actually, custard is exactly what I wanted on this this particularly wet Sunday, or like it's perfect, you know. And, and what what would you have for kind of Vorspeiser and Nachspeiser then? With if if you've got... you wouldn't really have it, you just have like a massive strudel that like spans dinner. the length of the table. Yeah, like you just keep eating it until you're full, and then you then that, you're done, and then you have coffee and some sweets, and then you. Fun go times. lie down think about Fun what you've times. done with your life but is this just at your house like i've not seen this happen I, I, I assumed it was just it was just my, my wife's family but i believe more than more than my wife's family do this so most people i wife's think cousins in, family yeah yeah exactly no i think it's quite common to have apple strudel is the is the main really? is the main thing yeah yeah around her neck of the woods at least well that's the poll wow. for next week on twitter <laughs> it's <strudels laughs> the main meal. meal it's i mean it's perfect it's it's exactly what you want but there's there's other things that can do that roulade is another example you don't really have roulade like if you made a roulade in britain people would be like oh that's very fancy and actually it's really easy to do and is that the one with the stick through the middle it's the one with the stick and you put mustard it's i forget which cut of meat it is it's like thin cut beef and and, and you flat it's flattened out you put mustard and a gherkin that's right and some you can put bacon in it yeah, as well yeah. and you roll it up and then stick a stick through it yeah. and bob's your uncle You've got what is one of the finest Sunday dishes, but we don't really have that as an option either. Yeah, I think a lot of English people are put off by how French the name roulade sounds. <laughs> you what? What? Why have you done that? Why have you rolled it up? Is there a name? It's it's French, you say? Oh, I'm not eating that. Ooh, roulade. <laughs> Clearly, too much time on your hands. <laughs> Regular listeners will know Nick and I. You've heard us blather on for about 60 hours if you started with episode one and lasted until now. If that's you, you're amazing and we love you. If you're a newer listener, then welcome. I'm Simon, he's Nick, and we've both lived in Germany, well, Bayern, for over a decade. Richard, as we've said already, also lives in Bayern in in lovely Ingolstadt. But Richard, what's your story and how did you end up here in Bayern? Well... Well, so I've been here eight years now, or nine years nearly now. Where are we? 2021. So nine years. Eight years. 2012-13, I attended a party in Ingolstadt that I was invited to by a friend who's lived here. He'd have been here 20 years by then, so he's been here 30 years now. And he's originally from Halifax. When I, I used to ride a motorbike, around Europe, and then I'd used to call in and see him. And then 2012-13 was a particularly, the potential for particularly crap New Year's Eve was on the horizon. So I rang him and said, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he said, come out. So I did come out uh, for two nights, and then I was introduced to my now wife in a bar. And that was that, really, kind of a spark 
sparked and then at the time it was very cheap to fly easyjet was i don't know 60 euros or something almost hin unzaruk and and with skype so i came back out to visit i think probably two weeks after new year middle of winter and it looked beautiful it's a really nice town ingolstadt it's really you know it's got everything uh she mm-hmm. was a teacher she kind of had a nice a nice settled life um so visited for a week then flew back and then came back again i think at easter of that year and then we decided at that point it was either sink or swim really it was i don't want to so i was 38 at the time and i didn't particularly want a long distance relationship mm-hmm. so i said you can either come back to halifax with me or we can break up or i can come here so it was decided very quickly that I would come here. <laughs> really, just just in terms of was, it. Was she tempted? Ah, uh, no, I don't think she was ever tempted at all. <laughs> <laughs> She'd come to visit actually between my first visit here and my second. She'd come to Halifax, and it's lovely. It's Halifax. It's mm-hmm. really nice. It, it 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 was snowing and everything, but she had a really good job here. Mm-hmm. Really good. I just thought the kind of quality of life and stuff. She would have to come to England. She would have to get another job. And it would be easier for me to come here mm-hmm. and do that than her, than vice versa, really. But from a personal standpoint, I kind of relished a opportunity for a change, really. Yeah, I thought I'd give it a go. It was, again, when we were in the EU, I can come out for a year, mm-hmm. six months, see what happens. There was no paperwork, turn up, Anne Meldung, say I'm here. Mm-hmm. It was all very straightforward, mm-hmm. really. So, And then um, eight years later, and two children living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that was that. Um, but yeah, I'd be very happy here. I, th- I think since um, probably kind of the first six months, the first six months were very exciting. The next six months were very kind of the reality kicks in. Mm-hmm. And then the next six months after that, it's like, right, well, okay, let's let's get on with this then. But yeah, I've always been, I've been quite settled really. So I've, I've missed pubs and missed friends and parents now mm-hmm. and then, but nothing nothing that would kind of want to drive me back. There was There was no kind of cultural rift to such a point there, I thought. I can't do this. Two sides of the same coin, really, I would say, culture-wise-ish. And, and the Bavarians and the Yorkshire are reasonably similar. Dour, <laughs> mumbling, humble. Yeah, it's something we've actually we've talked about before on the podcast, that Bavaria and Yorkshire are very, very similar places. It, yeah, yeah. so I just kind of fit in, really. And, and it, it, with no <laughs> German, I could kind of mumble away and people would just assume I was a, a kind of Bavarian farmer's boy or something. <laughs> that was okay. So, yeah, I can work with this episode 41 here and it's almost the end of september crikey launch day is the 25th of september and regular listeners will already be racking their brains which footballer or ludicrous celebrity has their birthday and if it's not that which overly serious moment in history we're letting nick flex his intellectual muscle on today is actually the date of the battle of stamford bridge but I'm not even going to let Nick talk about that. Ha <laughs> ha! I am a cruel and merciless research and planning monkey. Instead, gentlemen, I have a question for you. Who is your favourite Deutsch rapper with a name shared with a friendly phantom? Ooh, time's up. I'm sorry. Nil point. No points. The answer we were looking for was, of course, Casper. Happy birthday there, Herr Casper. Rap on, rap on, you living rap ghost. Some purists might be thinking, but wait, he's actually a Deutsch-Americanish rapper. And that is indeed accurate. Born in North Rhine-Westphalia to a German mother and an American father, Casper spent a decade living in Augusta, Georgia, returning to Germany when he was 11 to the mystical and mysterious city of... 
Bielefeld. <laughs> Mysterious indeed. Casper uh, was one of my entry-level German rappers, and there's no questioning his ability to craft some really, really good tunes. Alfen Davon and Hinterland will forever remind me of, of my wife, then girlfriend, sharing her music with me for the first time, and road trips back up to Nordrhein-Westfalen. It's good stuff. So Richard, you're our, our guest host today. I have no idea what music you like. Are you a fan of Deutschland? No. <laughs> I'm not not a fan, but yeah, I don't know much about it at all, really. So that if I would hear it, I'd be in a pub, club, mm-hmm. not a club, but kind of bar, and it'd come on, and I'd think, all right, okay, they're into rap now, great. <laughs> I was kind of into hip-hop as a lad, more so than a, a grown man, I would say, really, just because of, uh, I don't know, got into different stuff, but I don't really have a huge amount of, of thoughts other than some of it sounds good okay really mm-hmm. yeah but i'm not kind of a purist i don't think it should exist only in one language or another or all of it but they kind of yeah they are dealing with with issues pertinent to them really so there's very few rappers to come out of english that i don't think <laughs> yeah i think this this is a challenge we've spoken about before when we talked about german rap that especially where we where we live in, in, in beautiful Bayern, there isn't really much of that i mean you have urban places like munich augsburg Ingolstadt. But they're urban in a very, very different way from where most hip hop comes, and so you do yeah. kind of end up looking more towards like yeah Frankfurt and Stuttgart uh, and Berlin for for. for I was going to say you're stretching the term urban when you're talking about Augsburg to its like very limits. Like it's urban hall. in the sense that it, <laughs> it's got a ring road. It has a large collection of people, but it's like it's very it's got a very visual villagey sort of feel yeah. to it. There is an element of the best rap coming out of adversity, I suppose. And I th- and it's no surprise to me that a lot of the mm-hmm. best rappers in Germany come from the north and less from the south. I think there's a lot of people face adversity, but I think it's there's a higher standard of living in the south than there is in the north, and I think that has an impact. Yeah, there's no, I've I've not seen any urban degradation in Bayern since I've 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 been here really. You see some pretty like shitty housing estates and stuff like that. I wouldn't know like most of the time I'll be walking around with someone and they'll say, "Oh, this area is a bit rough," and I'll be looking at it going, "Is it? Like, it doesn't look that rough to me, to be honest." Different level altogether, it feels like. Really. <laughs> totally but i can't i can't think of many rappers coming out of augsburg either augsburg ingolstadt i'm sure there must be some in nuremberg but it's not like there's a big hip-hop scene anyway we do have one hip-hop club uh in nuremberg <laughs> near where the burger king used to be and there are definitely parts of, of the southern half of the city of nuremberg where there are sort of yeah. more of a, a cooking pot of, mm-hmm. you know, of adversity there are some poor neighborhoods and there are people from all over the world and of course this, this multicultural element is also a big driver for sharing music and, and developing new styles no ruhrgebiet stuff isn't it i mean into kind of post-industrial um places that yeah. kind of had a purpose and then that purpose has disappeared really you've got these big expanses of I don't know warehouses, mm. factories, and stuff. That it just doesn't feel like if, if especially here, if, if there's space, it's used quite quite quickly. Let's say there's a there's a push on that. But we say, we say Deutsch rap, right? There was a big thing through the sort of nineties in Britain and through the two thousands, trying to discover what was the British rap sound or hip hop sound because there wasn't really one and a lot of the acts were they were just sort of copy american styles that then now we've got grime and and i think there's there's a couple of drill i guess is another uh, another offshoot of that and there is a burgeoning yeah. culturally british rap community or rap scene or whatever you want to call it 
Whereas in Germany, I don't know. My experience of German rap isn't isn't the greatest, but it doesn't feel like it sounds, when I've listened to it, it sounds any different from stuff you hear in America. I think it's very he- heavily influenced by American rap. Seed, I guess, because there's a whole reggaeton element to it that they've, they've gone for. But even then, it's, again, you would probably argue that that's not of German origin specifically. I mean, yeah, when we say Deutsch rap, what we really mean is, is German mm-hmm, rap influenced mm-hmm, by all these cultures that are part of Germany today. So you do hear a lot of Deutsch rap, really strong Turkish influence on like on the beat mm. itself, uh, on the instruments being used. So you do occasionally get sort of this yeah. Middle Eastern flavour mm. on on German rap, and that done with a really thick sort of Berliner mm-hmm. Schnauzer accent is is an interesting combination. That there is nothing like that in the UK. Yeah, good point. I guess the closest thing is our Asian Dub Foundation, who sort of did Pakistani Bangladesh, like mm-hmm. Bangra beats to drum and bass with like really sort of working class. Yeah, with that Bradford accent on top of it, it's, it's real a real wonderful example of multiculturalism. Yeah, their, their sound was great, actually. They, mm. You know, still is. I think it's still going, out there? But um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite a unique accent voice issues, as it were. It was, their, it was their thing. I remember the German thing someone did telling me when they would be attempting to rap in English, so even though they were a German band, they were German or or Austrian, they would be using English and there was quite a backlash against it, I think. Mm. I remember somebody saying, well, just like, this isn't your voice. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to do this, then do it. And then people coming out rapping in German, obviously not commercially successful as, you know, the, it's specific to German-speaking countries at that point, but um, it, would, it would have a more authentic flavor i mean it would be them at that point they wouldn't be kind of just ripping i think it brings a level of confidence like you're rapping in german your market's smaller sure definitely not going to sell records in the u.s or most english-speaking countries rapping in german but you've got a massive area to cover in swiss german austrian german Sudtirol, bits of belgium you know but you've got a big big area for sure where you want people to listen to your music i think that's that's enough but it's interesting what you're saying because it just does suggest that there is a more german sound as it were but i still think like often the acts that were the most successful are the ones that sound the, the most like american rappers like when you look at the spotify top 10 or like i'll get deutsche rap playlists suggested to us and they all kind of have that sort of gangster rap type vibe i mean for me i mean it's fine like i, I i'm not a massive fan of it but it's 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 all right i mean i don't i'm not picky if it comes on i, I like it but there's also the the small issue that because hip-hop is still in germany viewed as sort of dangerous genre of music oh yeah yeah the the successful hip-hop acts are painfully white and a lot of them are painfully middle class as well because that's the kind of stuff that everyone can watch on tv hear them talk after and be like oh okay yeah they speak well they come across as being like erudite and intellectual and it's not like that in any other country really where the successful hip-hop stars are based on their their music and performance as opposed to are they safe for the airwaves Mm. today it's about breaking spotify or getting big on insta Mm -hmm. those are the steps that you need to become hugely successful and you don't need to be performing on any sort of live music show on german i would like to see a schlager a schlager hip-hop song though that would be quite fun there's got to be schlager hip-hop out there somewhere no that's no (laughs) no but like someone that was sincerely attempting to combine both schlager and hip-hop like i think that would be something that would be something it's a tough call yeah i mean it's (laughs) bpm difference there you you know i've just introduced schlager actually to uh, some um some Mm -hmm. acquaintances through twitter what did they say i think they hate it yeah i think (laughs)
Now, Richard, as you were joining us for this episode, I thought it might be interesting to try and find a story that connects you to your home, like home home, England home. With that, I ended up not with the good old Halifax Courier, I'm sad to say, but an hour down the road, the Manchester Evening News provided me with a question that I want to lead with today. Gentlemen, what is beaning as a verb? mean anything to you i'm hoping it's not a sexual act yeah it's gonna be yeah i don't i don't need that in my on my sunday morning chem sex i think <laughs> <laughs> please tell me it's something innocent I'm, I'm sure there is there's there's a subculture where beaning is a sex act i'm sure of that but the manchester evening news did not lead me down that particular rabbit hole beaning apparently involves children i guess adults can do this too smearing baked beans onto people's driveways doors and cars and, of course, filming it. That is, of course, the, the key here. And numerous videos have been posted on social media, primarily TikTok, with the hashtag BeanBandits with a Z. So, do you want to become BeanBandits with a Z? I fucking hate people. That's what I... That's what I think when I hear that. This is like, I fucking hate people. <laughs> people are terrible. I mean, that's kind of the uh, dog dirt in the bag, setting it on fire, isn't it? It's a very similar kind of uh, vibe to that, I think. Uh, I think the dog, the dog shit is, is infinitely worse. Oh, yeah, but... I could handle cleaning up beans with no gloves on. Yeah, I guess so. How many beans in? What, what like tins and tins? Or... Well, this, this, is the, this is what the police are sort of trying to solve for us because they're now providing guidance to shopkeepers and businesses to be on the lookout for children buying large quantities uh, of tinned goods. And apparently parents are being asked to check their cupboards uh, just in case their stock of baked beans is gone. <laughs> I mean, I guess in one one tin of Heinz, let's let's, let's go with Heinz, the, the big hitter in the in the brand, I, I'd assume it's got to be like 450 beans? Or is that is that wild? How, how big's the tin? Like 250 grams? 500 grams? Wait, wait a minute, we don't use grams anymore, Nick. Tell me in, in ounces. And... Oh, sorry, we're in imperial measurements, aren't we? What is it, like a <laughs> finger of, of beans or something? Furlong, a furlong of what beans. Is it, a palm of beans. I'll have, I'll have three fingers of, yeah, I'll have, I'll have an inch of beans, please. And yeah. <laughs> A league, I think, is the... Uh... <laughs> a league of beans. Oh, I was close. Google tells me 465 beans is the average. Is that right? And it kind of a normal... Ca- really? 415 gram can of beans. So we could work out the uh, grammage per bean then, if we, if we so required. <laughs> Just under a gram. We could, we could, but everyone will have stopped listening as soon as we start that. That's a crazy, uh, how have they got into that? How have they got, where's the, what, where's the Ursprung, the uh, the genus of that? I think t- TikTok is being, is being cited by by uh, West Yorkshire Police. I, I don't know how, how good their, their TikTok Abteilung is uh, for researching <laughs> these origins. I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't want to be the, our kids are terrible kind of guy and i don't want to be like oh i don't understand this trend so it's terrible because then that that means i have to admit to myself that i'm getting old but this is objectively shit it's not it's just stupid like like there's no bit of this that's good it's a waste of good food and and that island needs food right now (laughs) they'll be looking back in a year thinking god think of all those beans we put on mrs miggins's drive That's the second mention in three weeks of Mrs. Miggins. That's not bad. Is yeah. it? Have you, she's great. It is. She's Mrs. Miggins great. makes a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a peculiar one. <laughs> well, no, I, was, I would suspect it would only happen in certain. I don't know. I don't know who's going to get into that. I can't imagine anybody. Mom, can I have your bean? The fact they're calling it Bean Bandit with a Z, that makes me upset. The fact it's TikTok just pisses me off. 
the fact there's like baked beans on people's <laughs> houses is annoying. I, I get people toilet toilet paper houses or egg houses. I, I mean, this is really the point, isn't it? As bad as it is, not an effective prank. Yeah, yeah. So it's even like a shit prank. It's a waste of food. But I, I think it's a lot better than the aforementioned bag of dog shit. It's better than... I'd rather clean up baked beans and egg off my house. <sighs> And oh, it wasn't that long ago that happy slapping was a thing, and this is definitely better than happy. But I thought slapping. happy slapping that was all like kind of made up. It wasn't really a thing. It like it had happened like a couple of times, and it had been blown up by the media. So it may well be the same thing. But there's there's always these trends, isn't there? There's always like like planking or something that's sort of performative thing that people are doing. But I remember when I worked many moons ago in a different life, I was a security guard for a supermarket, and I remember one quiet Sunday watching the cameras and seeing these two young lads come in and they were clearly up to something and I couldn't work it out. So I went onto the shop floor and I was following them and they were taking shop, they looked like they were shoplifting. They kept taking stuff and putting it under their jackets. And I was like, what the hell? And like, they took loads of stuff and I was like, where are they putting all this stuff? I couldn't work it out. So I pulled them into the, into the security office and they were blocking it. They just went totally pale, totally scared. I was like, I've got you on on camera taking stuff and putting it in your pocket. And they're like, oh, I haven't got anything. And they like emptied all the pockets. Clearly, like I had tracksuit on. There was no nothing. They weren't hiding anything. Because he was like, they were picking up cans and and packets of stuff, and like there was nothing on them. And I was just like, what were you doing? And they're like, oh, we watched we watched uh, Dick and Dom, which was a kids BBC TV show. And one of the pranks on the show was mm. taking stuff out of people's shopping carts and putting it in other people's shopping carts. And that's what they were doing. And honestly. Felt so bad. <laughs> Felt so bad. They were so scared. I was just like, all right, okay. That is kind of funny. Uh, okay, off you go. You're <laughs> free to go. <laughs> I'm going to say crack on. Like, yeah, I was like, go on. Put the pasta in the world word f- world food aisle as well. It's, it's not world food. Just don't twalk anything and you're fine. <laughs> just off the go. Like, I felt really bad. But they have these trends that are influenced by like social media or TV and stuff. So it's just another one of those. Good old-fashioned boredom, really. <laughs> It's just something to do, keep you out of trouble. I, I guess it's a safe-ish uh, activity, isn't it? It's not not cruelty to animals. As long as, you, as, long as you take the beans out the tin. Apparently there is there is a problem here because it is potentially harmful to dogs. Apparently they shouldn't eat baked beans. Um, so there is a, a potential that a child could inadvertently poison a local mutt. Well, they could do it with dog food then, couldn't they? They should do it with with, with a, an animal food stuff instead and then the dogs would be fed and everybody would be happy and nothing could be wasted. Dogging is already used <laughs> as a verb. <laughs> Where are you going with that potted meat? I'm going dogging, Dad. I'm <laughs> going <laughs> dogging. Oh, I beg your pardon. I'm a, I'm a dog bandit. Oh, okay. <laughs> with a Z. It's nice, though, that you've searched for Halifax and the, and the the thing that you've come up with, though, is, is children putting beans on people's drives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there are better stories to represent your hometown, Richard. I, I apologise that I've chosen a crime. No, no, no apology <laughs> needed, but um, I've certainly learned something here. Sticking with food, I hope we are not being too presumptuous, Richard, when we assume you are also a fan of a good pie. I I do love a good pie, I do. I have spoken of my deep love slash addiction to these wonderful little pastry pockets packed with pig parts. Well, traditionally packed with pig parts, these days pie culture is moving with the times and we are seeing far more options than the old school steak and kidney. It turns out that pies are still utterly fantastic when filled with all sorts of things. So... 
Richard, what's your favourite pie filling? Good question. I miss pies, and I don't make... I should make more pies. I mean, again, though, I'm a, I'm a bit old school. If it works, there's no need to mess about. There's no need for frivolities and, and, and kind of novelties. My, my, still, my favourite pie is a... Well, is it thin or thick or, or fluffy crust? I would say the classic steak pie. Steak and ale pie still would kind of sate me every time. I'm very, very happy with that. And, and a hot pie. I like a hot pie, really. I do eat cold pies now and then, but there's nothing better than a hot, piping hot pie. Possibly served in a dish or a small, uh, a large ramekin. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling hungry already. Yeah, solid choice. I mean, if we're looking for alternatives, like not the standard, I'm, I'm a big fan of chicken leek. That's, that's a winner. I, I just love leek. I think it definitely helps with the pie and gives it a, a bit more of a summer direction. Um, but yeah. Well, it helps with the pie because it's chicken, isn't it? And chicken is the worst of all meats. And therefore, you need the leek. Otherwise, you've just got a chicken pie, which is... Just sounds very depressing to me. I'm just, I'm just sick of big chicken. All right, I'm just sick of them just taking over. Easy, easy, easy. Easy on the chicken. Yeah, chicken and bacon. Mm. That, that's a, a reasonable combo. But that's cheating, isn't it? Because you put bacon in anything, it's going to be good. Uh, it's not a competition, Nick. It's not a competition. You know, we're not, we're not thinking about cheating. You know, there's no rules. Everything's a competition, Rich. Everything. Well, well. <laughs> but they don't really do pies here either, do they? Of any, I, th- I think there's a massive gap in the market, to be honest. Especially on the markets, weekend markets, even Christmas markets. Mm. Turkey and cranberry pie. They'd love it. Mm. Handheld. If they oh, can do yes. a, a meat-along hot oh, dog, yes. you know, I'm sure that they could uh, just have a little pie in your hand. It'd be great. I'd, I'd love to introduce pies, really. I think it's the impulse, isn't it? Is like, you know, people would like it, but I just don't have the energy or the time to introduce. I've introduced my wife to it and I'm going to introduce my daughter to it. And that's as far as it's going. Well, that's your bit, isn't it? That, I mean, I'm doing the same here, so we can just hope that mm-hmm. we'll meet at some point. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> Service station on the Illinois <laughs> pie exchange. But, but they, move, they, they use pastry different here as well, don't they? So, yeah, they tend to use those ingredients in a cake, maybe, or something like a... I don't really know, but... Mm. Well, it's more delicate, isn't it? It's like yeah. leather tight, so it's puff pastry yeah. mostly. Yeah. Like confectioner's pastry or something like that. But you're, you're not getting the robust, short crust and anything other than a tart, maybe, of some kind. What, what's the stuff that's pizza that isn't pizza? The kind of fladenbrot or the... Mm-hmm. Is it fladenbrot or the... I forget. It's like the mountain bread pizza foods what do they call those flamkuchen flamkuchen yeah yeah which isn't anything other than flamkuchen you think oh it's pizza and you think no it's not pizza yeah maybe i mean they use that's a pastry base isn't it but it's still quite delicate it's still like bletter tag though isn't it it's it's the same same sort of shtick yeah it's like a pie mm-hmm. pizza it's it's a, a weird amalgam which sounds fantastic but it's just so disappointing do you not like do you not like flamkuchen i love flamkuchen I, I think it's okay yeah i mean it's it's um I think if you're saying pizza pie, though, then you're thinking, ooh. I think it's just it's your mm-hmm. expectation, isn't it? I think the first time I had it, it was like, I don't understand really what it's trying to be. You know, eight years later, then I, I can I can appreciate it a little more. Now the seasons are shifting. We're entering my favourite food time of year, autumn. Now I can roast to my heart's content, safe in the knowledge that my house won't turn into a sweltering oven. Bye-bye, summer salads. Fuck you. <laughs> Hello, roasted deliciousness. September also brought with it the delayed British Pie Awards, held in the holy pie home that is Melton Mowbray. Turns out that this year was an unusual one, though, as for the first time ever, it has been the vegan category that has attracted the most entries to the British Pie Awards. Matthew O'Callaghan, the chairman of the Town's Pork Pie Association, stated that, quote, It took people a while to accept the vegetarian class, but the vegan class, in the home of the Melton Mowbray pork pie, this was a bit of a challenge. This year's vegan categories featured some of the most innovative entries, with pies including spicy jackfruit, 
mushroom and ale, and Bombay potato. Tempted by any of those guys? Mushroom and ale, spicy jackfruit. I'm 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 not familiar with that. It's that massive spiky fruit, the jackfruit. I don't know what it's called. Oh, the tree is called Jackfruitbaum uh, in in German. So I guess it's also a jackfruit. Helpfully. I mean, they all sound fine. They all sound good, don't they? they these pies. I think the pastry would be uh, that. That's the key there, isn't it? Vegan pastry. I think. Well, you need a butter substitute. Yeah. I mean, most of it's just flour and water, isn't it? So a bit of salt, flour and water. You've got a basic short crust. I think that's pretty good. Bit of pepper. You're doing okay. I, I think you'd probably mm. be all right. But it's, <laughs> yeah, the filling's always going to be the tricky one. But you're right with the pastry. Like, you wouldn't want, like, a really thick pastry with Bombay potato because it would be like eating a brick. Clacky. <laughs> and then imagine having to digest that over 24 hours. With vegan beer. I, I suppose it would make you regular, at least. It is safe to say that the tide <laughs> well and truly turned when a vegan pie won the top prize in the 2019 competition. It ruffled a few feathers of people who think a pie is all about meat and two veg, old school-like. But the organisers think attitudes are changing. Fear not, though, you listeners who may be thinking, what about tradition? Is nothing holy? Because the good old Church of England is there to make sure pie life does not stray too far from sacred tradition. How would they do that, I hear you ask? Well, naturally, the pies were blessed by the Reverend Kevin Ashby with the moving invocation that we pray that none of the pies here today will suffer a soggy bottom. Amen to that good reverend. Honestly, the Church of England will shill for anything, won't they? Just anything for a bit of good press. Are blessed pies the tastiest pies? I hope so. Hallelujah. Praise be. Germany doesn't really do pie culture, but maybe this is the way to make it happen. <laughs> Add some religion. Is it possible that vegan pies might be the crack in the door we need to show the good people of Germany how bloody wonderful a good pie can be? None of that Frey Bento's pie in a tin shit. Real incredible pastry. Puff or rough. Whatever you like. Are there any obvious German food combos, though, that would work perfectly in a pie? Schweinebraten. Yeah, I suppose Schweinebraten, like, chopped up would, would go in. It would be all right. Knödel pie. So disappointed that'd be so disappointed to you like, oh pie, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> texture though, isn't it? It's back to texture, German texture of there's a huge texture section I think that's missing from German food really. Or my my German food diet. One pie I think would work is with Fifflinger, because that's just a wonderful word to say. A Fifflinger pie. Fifflinger, yeah, yes, you're right. They're they're good with mushrooms actually here. Really good. Pilz. Mm. Un, yeah, yeah, they've got a big, a good mushroom game, actually. Most German Sunday dinners would work as a pie, I guess. I was thinking about Blaukraut. It's a very obvious thing to say, like, let's put some cabbage in this German pie. But my, th- my thought was it would, it, would, it would add a level of texture that you were looking for. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's a texture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a texture, it's not I'm not convincing texture. him. Audience, <laughs> I'm not convincing him. You're a hard man to please, hard man to please. Oh, very we spoke politics a couple of weeks ago and we thought as it is election fever pitch right now in germany we three brits with very invested lives here would check out the valomat the valomat is not an election recommendation but an information service about elections and politics a helpful service that allows the user to find out which party best suits their own political needs and agendas. The Valomat was first launched in 2002 and has become a standard part of the election cycle and political enlightenment for voters here in Germany. Before we get into it, I can't help but think that something like this should be a standard thing to offer your voters. Britain could definitely do with one of these. 
The Valdemars offer citizens the opportunity to compare their own opinion with the opinions of the parties up for election by evaluating pre-selected political theses. 39 of the 40, yes, 40 parties that stand for election have answered the Valdemar theses. Now it's our turn. There are 38 questions in the Valamart, and for today's uh, listening pleasure, we're not going to make you listen to all of these 38 opinions. So we're going to cut through and decide which of those affect us and how they should affect the way we change our political stance. And we get three choices for every single question. Do you agree? Are you neutral about it? Or do you disagree? I'm ready with my fingers on the button to do the Valamart. I'm, I'm interested to see what party I, I, would, I would be offered given that there's so many different parties to choose from. but I think I'm ready. I, I translated all these questions yesterday, so I'm kind of bored of it already. And I don't know what party <laughs> I came out with because I've denied myself pleasure for the good listeners of the show. The first up is an emotive topic for many German voters, the tempo limit, the speed limit. And question one is, there should be a general speed limit on all autobahns. So speed limit, do we think there should be one or there shouldn't be one? Or are we totally neutral? Jawohl. Should be. I agree. There should be a speed limit. I think. I think the uh, IQ of some of the drivers of these kind of two-ton vehicles traveling at two hundred and forty kilometers as well per hour, which is just like it's terrifying. I find but, it. But, but but freedom. But freedom. <laughs> Fuck your freedom. What about my children? Yeah, exactly. I've got freedom not to be killed by some lunatic in an SUV driving at 200 kilometers an hour. Okay. Question number two: Germany should increase its defense spending. Uh, same three options, agree, neutral, or disagree. I mean, we talked about this before, about whether whether we have any knowledge of like the necessity for defence spending. And yeah, I only know what I know. But I'm going to go with agree, but only on the, on the point that there's obviously a lot of discussions about NATO and NATO spending. And Germany has committed to certain spending limits. I think it's 3% of 3% have got to be spending mm-hmm. on their defence. And they haven't, they've never reached that. And I think... Yeah, you can't trust America to, to be wading in to do anything. So I, I would also agree after doing some research. My initial one was neutral. I did a bit of research. I now agree. Okay, excellent. Question number three. Uh, 16-year-olds should be allowed to vote in federal elections. Is something we've spoken about before as a possible thing? Agree. I'm totally down for it, yeah. I agree. Yeah, totally agree as well. Totally agree. Also, like the chaos element, there's there's already like loads of parties. There could be even more parties that are just catering entirely entirely to the 16 year old. <laughs> be the Beans Bants party or whatever it's called. <laughs> okay, question number four. We have our first question about the climate, and this is wind energy. And the question is: the advancement of wind energy should be stopped. Don't agree. <laughs> don't agree that's such a dumb question <laughs> yeah, this is mm. the first example of a question that's written like almost as a trick okay number five the rights of renters to raise rents should be more strictly controlled legally do you mean the landlord there the renter exactly it should be more strictly i agree with that i did see there's an interesting technique that some people are using is when they move out of a property uh, a rental property maybe six months later they'll send a note to the new tenant saying this is what i paid in rent when i was there have you had your rent raised to an illegal level? Because I think this is the downside. We often don't know what the previous tenant paid. And so it is quite easy to be taken advantage of without knowing that you've been robbed. I, th- I think I would be inclined to vote either neutral or don't agree. The, the amount of stories you hear in the media and anecdotally about that kind of stuff, about rent being raised illegally, the gentrification that's happening in Augsburg that, that is, is forcing people out of the, mm. the city centre. And it's that's happening in 
most major cities it, that's the it just pushes you to agree doesn't it i can't see how i would choose another option I mean, especially down where we live rent is is as high compared to the rest of the nation mm-hmm. uh, and uh, keeping rent low of course is, is going to be beneficial for everyone and i did see someone suggested yesterday that all the candidates for the vote should be given uh, an iphone 4 uh, 3g and be told to find uh, a home for four people for 600 warm it would be an interesting example of how hard it is yeah, exactly. to live cheaply in a lot of cities in germany question number six covid question number six covid vaccine patents should be continued to be protected yeah tough one yeah my gut feeling is my gut feeling is no they shouldn't be protected and then i did a bit of reading again and the, i think the majority of the party said they should be which which party I think all of them. I think there was only the Greens that, 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 that said, no, they shouldn't be protected. And then obviously the other side have got an economic eye on it and it's not as quite straightforward. I mean, but my gut feeling, my kind of humanity gut would say everybody should be able to access them all the time. You know, it sh- there shouldn't well, be a profit made on them. Well, this is the thing, though, with, with, with the pandemic, the way it is and the way it, they leave it long enough and it mutates and that's how mm. we've had all these different variants. Like, it's within our interest to ensure that everywhere's everywhere can access the vaccine and, and use it every country can access the vaccine and use it and i think that's the thing that I, I that i'm concerned about is like why should pharmaceutical companies get like some mad windfall they already make vast insane amounts of money okay question number seven the planned ending of coal-fired power which is set for 2038 should be brought forward gut feeling again it depends isn't it the, the gut feeling the kind of fantasy dream world that we'd like to live in is like of course it should be brought mm. forward what that physically means then if that meant kind of towns without yeah. power or if that meant like i come from the northeast the de- the deindustrialized the northeast in effectively like 10 10 15 years it was too fast and there was massive levels of unemployment and massive social issues so I would probably say neutral in the sense that it's better to have a long-term plan than a short-term plan. I think I have to go. I have to go neutral. Yeah, that's a classic neutral. Actually, we don't know enough. And I guess the danger is the alternative would be opening up. Basically, Russian energy would then be imported, and that gives a lot of con- a potential control. Yeah. Uh, so, question number eight: uh, All positions of employment should be covered by pension insurance. I don't know enough about this, so I. I, d- I don't either i was reading about it and i don't I, I, it's one of those things where it's like such a weird question mm-hmm. as well because it's sort of worded in a, even in german it's worded in quite a strange way like if, if essentially what it's saying from what i've read if it's saying that all people who have a job should have be earning money through their pension then as they're working then i guess i agree but it feels like it feels like there's a trick behind this question that i don't <laughs> Like it's trying to trip you up. I probably I'm going to agree, but I'm bound to go and find some more research. I think it's it's heavy. It's obviously it will be billions and trillions, if not, of uh, of, of figures behind that. So I knew I neutraled that one because I don't know enough. Question number nine: The current rights for family reunification for refugees should be abolished. Yeah, I did a bit of research for this. My gut feeling would be families should be together. So if there's one party here, then the family should be able to come to disagree. Again, we're doing this in a very sort of optimistic, humanitarian approach to to life because we have that luxury as three immigrants coming from a very successful nation to another very successful nation i mean successful in inverted commas right historically <laughs> successful uh, so <laughs> <laughs> well known <laughs> that's a minor success in the uh, 1800s uh, and we all have wives who have good jobs 
so that also grants us a level of privilege that is pretty special, pretty unusual. The most heinous element of that whole chain migration debate is they're not they're not fucking migrants, are they? They're refugees, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I'm concerned. It's like we're not talking about people coming over to find a job where they're fleeing war zones and terror and all these other things like you should always do the utmost i mean in Wakan as well we live in a rich country this just doesn't seem humane particularly no. it doesn't say what the replacement is either <laughs> the replacement is fuck yourself i imagine this is that would be the yeah find somewhere else <laughs> yeah question 10 online sales should face an increased rate of national tax right this is the this is the question within the question which is the only party that thinks there should not be a national tax levied on sales generated by digital services? There's only one party that thinks it's a bad idea. Guessing CSU. Ah, oh, no, 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 surprising, isn't it? Or the front, yeah. Yeah, FDP, yeah. FDP all the way. France has it, actually, France has um, a, a digital services tax, and they, I think they met last year they made something like 750 million on it. I, th- I think they should, yeah, of course, they should be. Okay, question number 11. This is a, a, a weird one. I had to spend some time translating this because I wasn't sure I'd understood it correctly. Question 11. The traditional family structure of mother, father, children should be preferred over others. Isn't just preferred, it's like promoted. So that suggested that it was promoted within like education or promoted within mm. society. That was how I read it, at least. Yeah, what, almost one is yeah. better than another. No. Of course, like, it's totally daft. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, question number 12. Companies should continue to be allowed to donate to political parties. I'd love a, a kind of level playing field because it would it would it would encourage kind of the creative thinking of communication of your ideas. You know, you could choose to spunk it all that way and it doesn't get through to anyone or you would use it in a creative manner to try and get your message across. I'd like to see that. Question number 13 is, students going into further education should receive financial support, this BAFUG, is what it's called here, regardless of their parents' wealth and income. There's, there's some really good arguments for and against, aren't there? But, I mean, the gut feeling is it sh- they should be treated as, as 18 at that point, an adult, and it shouldn't be on the behest of what their parents did or did not do as to their opportunities, really, so... Yeah, they should. Should you not be allowed to collect the dole even if your parents are wealthy? Like, yeah. There's different circumstances even within wealthy families. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should be blocked. for. If you pay tax and you've paid money into the system, you should get the money out. I mean, I, I went to an income-assessed private school, um, and I think that is something that should definitely be encouraged where people from less financially stable backgrounds get the opportunity to experience education that would be out of reach mm-hmm, beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'm all mm-hmm. for improved financial support yeah. for those uh from deprived families um but yeah i think if everyone gets the same opportunity financially from government support it's definitely the right place to start at least i mean in germany it's not a huge loan compared to the thousands we borrow in the uk and the yeah. tens of thousands they borrow in the us and I, I think there is some benefit there that a parent is involved in that because yeah, I committed to a student loan before I'd even really thought about whether I was going to make money with a philosophy degree. <laughs> and I probably probably should have thought twice about that. Humanities, that's why I'm here. Yeah, the Bavarian <laughs> Triangle, baby. The Bavarian Triangle. <laughs> 
Okay, number 14. Dual citizenship should be generally possible in Germany. Agree. Be hypocritical of me to say otherwise. Yeah, really, it'd be awful. So Very easy one for us. Uh, question 15. The federal authorities should consider different gender identities in their publications. I guess so, yeah. I mean, why on earth not? 16. Nord Stream 2, the gas line project, should go ahead as planned. Very interesting. You could do a podcast on this, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... It's massive. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think one of the things that I was reading about Angela Merkel's time in power was a lot of people claim she she didn't really do enough about Russia, but at the same time she managed to she manages to to sort of I think the phrase they used was hold their feet uh, hold Putin's feet to the fire by having these economic relationships with Russia because as much as we might rely on the energy, they rely on the money too. So it's, there was a very clear back and forth. But I'm no like global strategist or anything like that. So <laughs> no, it's it's really big stuff, and you could you, you mm-hmm. can easily kind of stumble into a big conversation about that, especially kind of the way that the kind of USSR mm-hmm. fell, how it was treated, mm-hmm. you know. And before you know it, you kind of think, oh god, am I a Putin apologist? Here? <laughs> Question seventeen: The solidarity surcharge, Solidaritätszuschlag, should be completely abolished. Uh, that's 5.5% of income or corporation tax. There's obviously they spent a lot of money, but 30 years isn't actually a very long mm-hmm. time when it, when you think of, of history, but also economics. And it's still there's still deprivation there on levels that you don't see in other parts of Germany. So I would say probably don't agree. Yeah, same. And it, from an individual standpoint, I can, I can afford to do that. You know, the 5.5 coming back into me is not going to affect my lifestyle or, or, or my life in any which way. Okay, question 18. Civil servants should be generally allowed to wear headdresses whilst performing their services. They mean like headscarves though, don't they? they don't. Is it cough to? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Headdress. I like yeah. the idea. It's like, like I've just come in with my Aztec headdress, you know. <laughs> Moin. <laughs> headdress. Um, the traditional headdress. I, I don't know like, why. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised by how scared people are of Muslim women wearing headscarves. I'm really not that scared of it. I, I did a bit of reading about this one. This was more of mm-hmm. it was the, the the split from state and religion. So it it wasn't. You shouldn't be wearing a cross either. It does seem generally Germany isn't as focused as uh, Belgium, uh, the Netherlands, and France seem to have more of an issue. Uh, question number 19. Uh, registration of internal combustion engine powered cars should be allowed long term. I think it just you need a sensible phase out, don't you? I'm kind of neutral on that. But at this point, it feels like like with the, the Frauen quota, if you don't put a law in place, mm-hmm. the auto industry isn't going to change because they've, no, they've got no reason to change. So it kind of feels like they've had the time to start transitioning and they're still like, oh, we'll do it. We'll do it next year. We'll do it. We'll do it next time. Next, next one will be electric. Oh, it's not electric. Sorry. Oh, it's a diesel engine. Woo-hoo. Whoops. Yeah. Cars, possibly not. But I, I have no issue with the internal combustion engine being used for certain types of vehicles in certain places. It's a big subject again, though, isn't it? I mean, uh, electric, electric engines are not the, the panacea for, for every vehicle in every, every situation. Just They're not. Um, it needs to be a bit more of a holistic approach i would say but. 36 the minimum wage should be increased to 12 euros an hour by 2022 at the latest agree yeah. <laughs> that's an easy one 
Let's get that minimum wage up. Yeah, that gut feeling would be agree. 37. The aviation industry should be more heavily taxed. Agree. Agree. Actually, I don't agree on that. Obviously, the the main instrument of state to prevent people from doing things you don't want them to do is to tax it higher. I get that. But at the same time, I think what you end up with a with an air traffic tax is poorer people miss out. It makes it, I think there has to be a different system. It has to be better thought out, at least. But I, I, I understand why you would, you would agree, but I, I don't agree. Which means I'm going to get the CSU at the end of this. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Bavarian, right? Okay, and last but not least, number 38. Companies should decide for themselves if they are to allow workers to work from home. Consistency. I've said I don't trust companies with, with the welfare of, of society, and I, I think that's that's generally true. I think there should be some sort of sensible legislation about what is allowed and isn't allowed, and yeah. everyone's on a firm footing. That is the most German thing I think I'll ever say, man. CSU written all over you, man. I'm just asking for more laws, aren't I? Can I have some... Please, sir, can I have some more laws? Please, just a, just a few more rules. <laughs> okay, so well done, gentlemen. Bloody hell, that was a lot of questions. The vast majority of them are very applicable to life here as someone who is not a native. So respect, Valamat. It might feel a little bit left of centre sometimes mm-hmm. with some of the questions, but a pretty varied range of subjects to consider before placing your vote. And yeah, better than just thinking, I like the colour of that organisation, which seems to be the voting policy of some people back home. All right, here goes, guys. Good luck. Okay. Let's see what happens. Oh, this is exciting. So here we go. Here's the results. <sighs> da, 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 da. Your Valomat results. <laughs> Who did you get? So my number one is the Tierschutzpartei, <laughs> uh, the Animal <laughs> Protection Party, focusing on environment and uh, animal rights. And I, I'm mm-hmm. down for both of those, although I have talked about <laughs> eating animals quite a lot this episode. Next up, I have uh, Demokratie in Bewegung, DIB, a new party from 2017 focusing on justice uh, fighting racism and discrimination so that that sounds like a pretty good one that sounds like all your favorite things yeah fuck racists fuck discrimination fuck injustice and the final one i have the third place is gruner my answers have at least allowed me to come across pretty pretty left-wing here (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay trotsky calm down anyway Where's my ice pick? Yeah. <laughs> Rich, what did you get? And I got the greens. So I picked the three big ones. I think the CSU, the SPD, and mm-hmm. the green. And it came out as green. So, uh, and it surprised me, actually. I thought, I didn't think I would hit green. I thought mm-hmm. I would hit possibly SPD, let's say. And what have you gone for? Have you gone for... Well, um, I did the first time I did it, I got Departai, which is hilarious because they're the satirical party. They have the best adverts yeah. um, ever. They had the, One of the best adverts they ever did was talking about cough tooth, talking about headscarves, was a, a woman in a headscarf, but the headscarf was the colours of Bavaria. And it was it's the best advert I've, I've ever seen. It's so good. Um, it was very on point. But um, actually, this time round, I hit the nail on the head. I got the, the greens uh, with 81.6%. Yeah. Okay. Um, but get this it gets better as we move down and obviously this just shows how damn cool I am I got Dio Bena and a hip hop party so <laughs> that's my second choice with 80.3% so this is the uh, party founded in 2017 so so just it's a nice it's a nice way to round off the podcast that <laughs> my second option could be the uh, hip-hop party and then third i got d-linker i'm delighted that my final my lowest ranked one is rfd so yeah excellent yeah same here 
lowest rank is... Um, and are you going to be voting for the Greens then, boys? I can't vote, so this is all a complete waste of time. <laughs> we had this discussion last night, my wife and I, and we were sort of mulling over the idea, what do we vote? I think I'm still going to vote Greens for both. Green across the board. Right. We're, we're breaking the cardinal rules of German political talk that, we don't, we, that we're talking about the parties we're going to vote for. I'm not. You are. <laughs> 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 oh, I noticed that, Rich. Very, very, very subtle. Very subtle. Uh, must go. It's been great. <laughs> Hello, Freunde. A big thank you to Richard for joining us this week. You can look forward to more from him in the weeks to come. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, all lowercase, on Twitter or Instagram. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Simon at DecadesFromHome, and you can tweet me at 40%German. You can also get us on 40%German at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks, and bis zum nächsten Mal. More than once, I've been served a. Oh fuck! What was it called? How the fuck have I forgotten it? <laughs> the language is terrible. Like my brain Swiss cheese, man. Honestly, I knew I knew what it was. It's a dessert. It's like a, the most <laughs> famous Kaiser Bavarian Schmarr, dessert yeah. you could get. No, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, if you went to America, they would say it's the most German of desserts. Strudel, there you fucking go. How the <laughs> fuck is it? Fucking brain, honestly. Like, hi. So more than once, more than once, I've I've been served. Apple strudel is the main dish in a Sunday dinner.